0: Hello, Saints. Welcome back to the Bible Podcast. Today is March 19th, and we're about to enter our next book in the Bible. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites were governed by magistrates who ruled under the general designation of Judges. And the book which contains the history of these rulers is called the Book of Judges. And that's where we'll begin today. This history begins with the death of Joshua and reaches to that of Samson. We here see the people of God often enslaved in punishment of their crimes and often wonderfully delivered from slavery. Toward the end of it, we have some instances of these people's inclination to idolatry and of the corruption of their manners, even before they had been brought into slavery. Such are the histories of Micah and of the Benjamites who abused the Levite's wife. This book contains the history of 370 years. During the time of the government of the judges, there was a great famine in the land of Israel, which forced Elimelech, a native of Bethlehem, to retire into the land of Moab with his wife Naomi and two children. Elimelech died there, as also his two sons who had married two Moabite women, one of whom was named Ruth. Naomi, after the death of her husband and her children, returned to Bethlehem, accompanied by Ruth, her daughter-in-law, who was there married to Boaz, Elimelech's near relation and the heir to his estate. The book which contains this history is called the Book of Ruth. The beginning of it shows that it happened in the time of the judges, but under which of them is not certainly known. Some place in the time of Shamgar or of Deborah, As to the writer of this book, some think that the books of Judges and Ruth were both written by Samuel, and others attribute them to Hezekiah, and others even to Ezra. The Jews place the book of Ruth among the five books which they usually read on all the festivals in the year. These five books are the Song of Songs, Ruth, Lamentations of Jeremiah, Ecclesiastes, and the book of Esther. In the Hebrew Bibles, they are printed or written apart from themselves and are bound together. So the book of Judges tells the stories of the Judges, the inspired leaders who rescued Israel time after time. And during this period, the people were unfaithful to God's covenant and God allowed their enemies to oppress them. Israel repeatedly turned to the Lord for help and the Lord repeatedly sent charismatic judges to lead Israel. These powerful leaders did amazing things, but they were unable to transcend Israel's anarchy and lawlessness. And Israel needed a leader whose authority could give them national coherence and unity. After Moses died, the Israelites' campaigns under Joshua provided the desert nomads with a settled land, but hardly a settled society. That would take hundreds of years and the emergence of a stable monarchy under King David. But Moses and Joshua did lead the Israelites with an organized society. And according to biblical texts, the tribal structure was well-established and the lands were clearly apportioned. A few central shrines, such as Gilgal and Shiloh had emerged with leaders that included priests, Levites and tribal elders who brought Israel a degree of order. The people continued to remember the old traditions, the covenant promised to Abraham, the sojourn in Egypt from which Israel had been rescued by divine strength, the desert wanderings and the ratification of the covenant. But something was still lacking general consensus, the chronology of the book of Judges is in the 1200 BC, uh, possibly 1400s. So let's go ahead and get started. The book of Judges chapter 1. After the death of Joshua, the Israelites asked the Lord, which tribe should go first to attack the Canaanites? The Lord answered, Judah, for I have given them victory over the land. The men of Judah said to their relatives from the tribe of Simeon, join with us to fight against the Canaanites living in the territory allotted to us. Then we will help you conquer your territory. So the men of Simeon went with Judah. When the men of Judah attacked the Lord gave them victory over the Canaanites and Perizzites and they killed 10,000 enemy warriors at the town of Bezek. While at Bezek they encountered King Adonai Bezek and fought against him and the Canaanites and Perizzites were defeated. Adonai Bezek escaped but the Israelites soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Adonai Bezek said, I once had 70 kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off, eating scraps from under my table. Now God has paid me back for what I did to them. They took him to Jerusalem and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem and captured it, killing all its people and setting the city on fire. Then they went down to fight the Canaanites living in the hill country, the Negev and the western foothills. Judah marched against the Canaanites in Hebron, formerly Kiriath Arba, defeating the forces of Sheshai, Amon, and Talmai. From there, they went to fight against the people living in the town of Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. Caleb said, I will give my daughter Asa in marriage to the one who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. Othniel, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Canaz, was the one who conquered it so asa became othniel's wife when asa married othniel she urged him to ask her father for a field as she got down off her donkey caleb asked her what's the matter she said let me have another gift you have already given me land in the negev now please give me springs of water too so caleb gave her the upper and lower springs when the tribe of judah left jericho the city of palms The Canaanites, who were descendants of Moses' father-in-law, traveled with them into the wilderness of Judah. They settled among the people there near the town of Arad in the Negev. Then Judah joined with Simeon to fight against the Canaanites living in Zephath, and they completely destroyed the town. So the town was named Hormah. In addition, Judah captured the towns of Gaza, Ashkelon, and Ekron, along with the surrounding territories. The Lord was with the people of Judah. And they took possession of the hill country, but they failed to drive out the people living in the plains who had iron chariots. The town of Hebron was given to Caleb, as Moses had promised, and Caleb drove out the people living there, who were descendants of the three sons of Anak. The tribe of Benjamin, however, failed to drive out the Jebusites, who were living in Jerusalem. So to this day, the Jebusites live in Jerusalem among the people of Benjamin. The descendants of Joseph attacked the town of Bethel, and the Lord was with them. They sent men to scout out Bethel, formerly known as Luz. They confronted a man coming out of the town and said to him, Show us a way into the town, and we will have mercy on you. So he showed them a way in, and they killed everyone in the town except that man and his family. Later the man moved to the land of the Hittites, where he built a town. He named it Luz, which is its name to this day. The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people living in Beth-shan, Tanakh, Dor, Iblim, Megiddo, and all their surrounding settlements because the Canaanites were determined to stay in that region. When the Israelites grew stronger, they forced the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did drive them completely out of the land. The tribe of Ephraim failed to drive out the Canaanites living in Gezer, so the Canaanites continued to live there among them. The tribe of Zebulun failed to drive out the residents of Ketron and Nahalol, so the Canaanites continued to live among them there. But the Canaanites were forced to work as slaves for the people of Zebulun. The tribe of Asher failed to drive out the residents of Aso, Sidon, Alab, Asib, Helbah, Aphek, and Rehob. Instead the people of Asher moved in among the Canaanites who controlled the land, for they failed to drive them out. Likewise, the tribe of Naphtali failed to drive out the residents of Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath. Instead, they moved in among the Canaanites, who controlled the land. Nevertheless, the people of Beth Shemeth and Beth Anath were forced to work as slaves for the people of Naphtali. As for the tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them back into the whole country and would not let them come down into the plains. The Amorites were determined to stay in Mount Harris. Agilon, and Shalbim. But when the descendants of Joseph became stronger, they forced the Amorites to work as slaves. The boundary of the Amorites ran from the Scorpion Pass to Sela and continued upward from there. Judges chapter 2. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said to the Israelites, I brought you out of Egypt into this land that I swore to give your ancestors, and I said I would never break my covenant with you. For your part, you were not to make any covenants with the people living in this land. Instead, you were to destroy their altars. But you disobeyed my command. Why did you do this? So now I declare that I will no longer drive out the people living in your land. They will be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. When the angel of the Lord finished speaking to all the Israelites, the people wept loudly. So they called the place Bokim, which means weeping and they offered sacrifices there to the Lord. After Joshua sent the people away, each of the tribes left to take possession of the land allotted to them. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land that he had been allocated at Timnath-Serah in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gosh, After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things He had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshipping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. This made the Lord burn with anger against Israel. So he handed them over to raiders who stole their possessions. He turned them over to their enemies all around and they were no longer able to resist them. Every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated just as he had warned and the people were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges to rescue the Israelites from their attackers. Yet Israel did not listen to the judges, but prostituted themselves by worshiping other gods. How quickly they turned away from the path of their ancestors, who had walked in obedience to the Lord's commands. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who were burdened by oppression and suffering, But when the judge died, the people returned to their corrupt ways, behaving worse than those who had lived before them. They went after other gods, serving and worshiping them, and they refused to give up their evil practices and stubborn ways. So the Lord burned with anger against Israel. He said, Because these people have violated my covenant, which I made with their ancestors, and have ignored my commands, I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel, to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That is why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow Joshua to conquer them all. I'll tell you, God does not want his people to be oppressed. From the exodus under Moses to Joshua's conquest and David's battles, God's goal for Israel was complete victory over their enemies. The New Testament, too, consistently speaks of freedom from the oppression of sin as an inalienable blessing of a relationship with Christ. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We've seen lawlessness through history. Looking back, Wyatt Earp was born on this day in 1848, the famed gunslinger is best known for the gunfight at the O.K. Corral in Tombstone, Arizona. Earp was a Deputy United States Marshal in 1881 when a feud developed between Ike Clanton's criminal gang and three of Earp's brothers, Wyatt, Virgil, and Morgan. Virgil was Tombstone's Marshal. The feud peaked in October when the ERPs and their friend Doc Holliday shot to death three of Clanton's gang at the O.K. Corral. The Earps said they were trying to make an arrest, and others said it was murder. The fact is that Tombstone was a lawless town where murder and mayhem reigned. Looking in, lawlessness is the keynote of the whole book of Judges. From the first to the last chapter, there are criminals along with rather dubious heroes. Joshua had failed to appoint a spiritual leader for the nation as Moses had done. When Joshua died, the nation drifted into sin and bondage. This void in leadership fomented rebellion and divisiveness, making the nation vulnerable to attack from their enemies. Soon, oppression and bloodshed filled the land. However, when the people repented and sought God, he raised up judges or deliverers to bring them out of bondage and bring them back to God. This cycle of sin, sorrow, and salvation continues throughout the book. Looking deeper, left leaderless, we have a tendency to stray. Judges starts with the acknowledgement that Joshua did not leave Israel with a strong leader as Moses had done years before. Praise should precede all petition and spiritual warfare. When Israel asked who should go first into war, the answer was Judah. This tribe was the praiser of the nation. We are to help our brothers and sisters in their conflict. The tribe of Judah asked the Simeonites to help them. God expects us to reach out with assistance to others In their bitter battles. When we go with God, we always win. Judah and Simeon went to battle against the Canaanites and Perizzites. They won that conflict because God gave them the victory. We reap what we sow. When Adonai Bezek was captured and mutilated, he admitted he'd done the same to 70 others. He had done to him what he had done to others. So, saints, when we lift our hands in prayer, and have our palms up towards the Lord. It's simply an act of showing our vulnerability. It demonstrates the fact that we recognize God is in control. With arms raised in the air, it exposes our ribcage and our vulnerable organs. It doesn't matter where you're at, even right now. Raise your hands to the sky. Thank God for your breath. Give praise and thanksgiving for life, family, sustenance. In everything God has provided in your life. Let's end with prayer. Help me, Lord, to be a praiser. I know there is power in relying on you to help me win all my battles. Help me to always be obedient to you and avoid lawlessness. Amen. Saints, looking forward to being with you tomorrow in Judges chapter 3. May God bless and keep you.